the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Right Makes Might. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield. Strewn with debris of a fallen world, it challenges even the hardest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. And step into As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelo has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelo. Welcome, friends. It's Saturday, and we're happy to be back with you this morning to talk about courageous Christianity at the intersection of our faith and this troubled world. As always, I'm joined by Christy Stratton, my amazing wingman, and we're looking forward to a great show. Good morning, everyone. In the last two episodes, we've talked about the devil's insurgency against God and God's response through us in the form of courageous Christianity. We said that Christianity and counterinsurgency are one and the same, and we focus primarily on the strategic level. Before we begin looking at the tactical level and specifically the tactics of counterinsurgency as modeled for us by Jesus, I would like to discuss our attitudes as warriors. Our perception of ourselves will affect how we conduct ourselves on the battlefield as we seek to stand our ground and bring hope to a watching world. Marines are the most feared fighting force on earth because Marines believe they're the most feared fighting force on earth. Christians are not the warriors they should be because they don't believe they're warriors. The devil has us convinced that we are unworthy, unable, and that our Lord is not really a warrior. He's just a very nice man. And mostly he's just God's lamb. Our opportunity as God's faithful warriors on the spiritual battlefield hinges on our perception of ourselves and our master. A few weeks ago, I quoted Alexander the Great when he said, I would rather face an army of a hundred lions led by a sheep than a hundred sheep led by a lion. Jesus is a lion, folks, and we are his warriors. Stay with us. You won't want to miss this show. Before we march on, I must share with you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to, together today seeking you and your will for our lives that we may better serve you. Help us to hear, to understand, and to be emboldened in our faith that we may shine a brave, warm light in all we do. 
where our faith meets the world. Father, help us to discern your ways that your name will be glorified in all we do. Dear Lord, we thank you for the hearts which hear us and take a moment in a busy day to know you better. We pray for them in Jesus' courageous name. Amen. In the last few days, I've encountered several young people who said or showed by their actions that they feel anxious about the world and about life in general. In addition to this feeling, they expressed hopelessness, cynicism, and paranoia. Though some of them claim to be Christians, I wondered if such an attitude truly reflects hearts transformed by Christ. In truth, I'm sure their feelings and perceptions of the world are prevalent across all age groups. We are bombarded by the media's negativity, we are self-centered, and we are often uneducated about the historical context of our faith. This is sad. It is also the work of the devil, but more on that later. I asked my mother in the late 1990s if it was right to bring a child into this world, and she said that every generation has asked that question. She said that when she was just married in the early 1960s, she worried about the atom bomb and the hydrogen bomb. Imagine how someone felt in the generation before hers as 65 million people died in the six years of World War II. 65 million. I've thought about this a lot over the years as I've watched my son grow up, and I have two thoughts. First, things aren't worse than ever. Life is just hard. Second, if I am wrong and they are, that is even more reason to be a courageous Christian warrior. Either way, together, let us report for duty, kneel down before our Lord, and serve. Ephesians chapter 6 talks about the armor of God. The breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, feet fitted with readiness, the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. As Christians, we are clad in armor and we have a sword. Picture yourself wearing God's medal with a heart transformed by Jesus, ready and willing to serve in love and compassion. Picture it. Notice nothing about your armor covers your back. Why? Because Christians face the fight. Our backs are never turned to the enemy. When Jesus said to Peter in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it, he was describing an attack on the gates of Hades. Gates defend something. If gates don't overcome something, then what they are defending from attack will fall. Friends, my point is this. Things are not worse than ever. The devil in his campaign of cognitive warfare just wants you to think they are. He wants you to feel uncertain. He wants you to feel cynical and anxious. The truth is that the deck is stacked in our favor. We are warriors. We serve Jesus Christ. He conquered death and he will prevail against the gates of Hades. There is no retreat. It is our job to attack, and we do this to bring light and truth and love and hope to those living in darkness and in chains. I was discussing this morning with Christy about the fact that if a force is very successful against a smaller force, they will actually drive that smaller force into insurgency. Does that make sense to you? It makes sense. It's, I have to admit, it's, it's hard to wrap the head around. Okay. The truth is that as counterinsurgents, as God's warriors, we have everything going for us. We have all of the means, all of the assets. Time and again, the devil has lost his fight against God. And 
as such, he's resorted to insurgency. He's resorted to underhanded tactics. He's resorted to lies because he cannot go toe-to-toe with God. So I get it more from the Christian perspective and the devil than obviously the military, having not been there, right? So trying to wrap my head around insurgency versus counterinsurgency, I'm getting it, but easier for me because while I've studied much more of the word than military tactics. And so when applied to that, though, and I think all of us, um, when we begin to see that there are forces outside, we have the resources. We have the resource, the resource, the Bible. Right. But if we are not in the word, if we are not walking that path with Christ, if we're not intentional about what we're doing, the devil's going to come in and be then use those tactics against us in some way and in my words turn it around on us we won't know it and then as you're saying we we get to that insurgency yet we have all the tools but we're not being intentional about reading our bible every day um so that's a little bit easier for me to understand than the than the military than the military yes but it's but it also is such a a new way of looking things that it it empowers me because it's not just, I'm bad, I'm wrong, I didn't read the Bible. It's more empowering, like, okay, I've got to put on the breastplate. I've got to get my shield, and that is the word, and I will be stronger and braver. And I'm becoming so much more braver with my faith. Right. Uh, it's like the football team that loses every, every time to another football team. They realize, hey, we can't just go with a passing game or whatever that team's good at. We have to do something different. And so the devil brings that different against us. And we buy his lies. How many Christians do you see quoting Scripture? Matthew 10, chapter, uh, verse 34, Jesus says, Do not suppose that I come to bring peace. I do not come to bring peace, but a sword. I will put a man against his father. How many Christians would e- even be comfortable with saying that? With saying that. Yeah. Because the devil, through various means has us convinced that Jesus is just a humanist. Right. That he's a Gandhi-type character. And when you begin to talk about him being a warrior, it's like, oh, wait a second, but our, our Jesus was more like a Gandhi character, so what am I saying wrong here now? Right. But in fact, when we begin to see that he is out there and fighting these battles for us, I mean, how empowering. Well, Revelation, he rides a white horse. Yeah. And Satan's forces are trounced. But it's through lies. So... From a strictly military perspective, a rebellious force, a revolutionary force, goes against the established regime, the established order. The established order has everything going for it. It has the tanks, the trucks, the guns, the legitimacy, the influence, the money, the laws. And so the revolutionary force cannot go toe-to-toe with the government, so it uses asymmetrical means. Like in the American Revolutionary War, the patriots could not just go toe-to-toe with the British Army, the Redcoats, on the battlefield in open combat, so they resorted to uh, asymmetrical tactics. The devil does that, friends. He's all in it, convincing us of these lies that we're not good enough, that our Savior and our Master and our Lord is just this nice guy And it's very important that we think of ourselves as warriors. And so from my book, 
40 Days to Courageous Christianity, I've taken five of ten things that Jesus did which empowered him as a warrior. And this is the first in a two-part episode because uh, we're going to a two-part series. We're going to talk next week about the second uh, five of the ten. That's difficult to say. So this is one through five. Next week we'll do six through ten. And these are the things that... (laughs) There's ten. We're doing half today. (laughs) Right. Okay, thanks. These are the things that Jesus did. Uh, Number one, he was faithful. He was obedient to his father. Our first task is to do likewise. We talked about that before. Your personal relationship with Christ. You're worthy. You're redeemed. You've repented. You submit to him and you say, Lord, how do I serve you this day? And you keep your eyes focused on him. Number two, Jesus knew scripture. When he contended with the devil in the wilderness, he sidestepped the devil's temptations using scripture. We must know scripture. It's in the Bible that we find out that we are warriors. The whole Bible is about war. We are descendants of warriors. Number three, Jesus was a man of action. We too must be men and women of action. Our faith is full of verbs. Repent, believe, baptize, follow, ask, seek, knock, speak, love. These are all verbs. We are warriors and warriors are people of action. Number four, Jesus spoke the truth. The truth will simplify our lives. Love requires truth. Unity requires truth. When Jesus said, I am sending you out as sheep among wolves, be as shrewd as snakes and as peaceful as doves, I asked myself, what kind of snake would I be? And I decided I would be a rattlesnake. Make some noise. Speak the truth. Say it plainly. Talk about God. And people's responses are their own. Number five, Jesus was a servant. The Son of God gave up his divinity to become fully mortal and then gave up his life for us. Our heart's response is to serve his kingdom. How does that sound to you? Empowering? It, it does, and it's nice to have it in a, a list of what we can see. I think some things, the words, some people might get caught up in words like obedient because they're not understanding the power in that. But nonetheless, um, it's, I mean, it's very simply stated right there, and we can make that choice to see those things and then take actions, as you said, we are people of action, to know, like, my, my mind is brought to knowing Scripture. You know Scripture very well. Um, that's an area where I can improve, and there's activities, there's action we can take to know tr- uh, Scripture. I listen to Dr. Rick Warren a lot, and he teaches, you know, say the verse, say the verse number, and then the, the Scripture and then say the scripture itself and then repeat it again. So we can choose those. And what people may not see is those little things are steps on the battlefield that we're taking. And so it may not seem that it's easy to do, but I, I'm kind of nothing about, you know, from my note that I know from you, from the military perspective, maybe what I've seen on TV, which I tend to maybe not believe, um, is easy about being a warrior. And so these things, we when we choose them, even though it may not be a, easy to be obedient 
to choose not to find ourselves in those places that would maybe take us down the proverbial right. wrong path. Um, but if it's laid out in black and light, white, like we have, we can ultimately make that choice to do that and then take action within those. So I think it, you're making it easier for people. And, and in taking action, then you don't feel anxious. Exactly. Ang- anxiety comes from fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown comes from not being prepared for the unknown. And, and that fear comes from our minds. And right. when we're not busy, I mean, it doesn't mean to go be busy unproductively, but we're out there kind of spinning and we'll focus in on the, the things of the world. Right. And it makes us scared. And the devil makes it hard because yeah. he's good at his job. He finds every opportunity to make us feel less. Distracted. Distracted. I mean, think about it. When, when are you you know, listeners out there, when are you your best? When you're focused, when you're intentional, right. when you've rested well, when you've, you're fed well, when you've not doing things that are take your, taking your mind off, um, things of God. And yeah. that's the devil. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've ever read the screw tape letters by C.S. Lewis. I have not. It will be on a reading Okay. <laughs> Folks, if you've never read that book, it's actually hilarious. It's a satire. And... Uh, it's a book about a demon. He's an uncle, and his nephew comes to work for the devil. And he's exchanging letters with his nephew, who's asking him all these questions about how to be a demon. And he's saying, well, if the man is praying and uh, he's really getting through, just remind him that he's hungry. And it's a good book. C.S. Lewis, The Screw Tape Letter. C.S. Lewis has such a way. Uh, oh, amazing author. One of the best, uh, I think, is Mere Christianity, M-E-R-E, Christianity, C.S. Lewis. When it comes down to it, there's a lot to feel anxious about, but controlling our behavior, taking every thought captive and making it obedient to Christ is the way we overcome that. The only behavior we can control is our own. I know that I have to get up five o'clock in the morning before the house is awake so that it's quiet and it's dark and I can get my mind together, get my heart together, read the Bible, pray, and organize myself to face the day. If I'm going to be a leader through the day, I have to do that. If I'm going to be an intentional uh, father, a worker, Christian leader, I have to do that. That is behavior that I can control. So much will happen that I can't control. And when those things happen, I will turn to Jesus in prayer. But anxiety doesn't do it. And having walked on a real battlefield, I can tell you that preparation is the best way to deal with that. The devil wants us to believe that we are on the brink of destruction and the battle is lost. He wants us to throw our hands up and we cannot do that. So it's my contention that as we focus on doing the things we can, intentional things, constructive things, we will feel less anxious and do what we should be doing. What are some things that make it easier to be intentional and do those things? I think one of the things, we've, we've got the list, we've got the five, right? Um, but one of the things I do is I look to the future and then take a look backwards. It's kind of like, re- I call it reverse engineering. So if I want this, then what? 
So right. if I want a life for God, not of the world, then what are the things I know that I must do? Like you said, get up in the morning, have your Bible um, quiet time. And because without that, you're not at your best. You can't fight the battle. And and those are the things. So I think it's, I, I tend to always come back to this, is it's that choice. There are options out there. Are we going to make the ch- choice to intentionally put those things in our uh, lives because the bottom line is is if we want this in the future and we are not willing to do these things now we will not get that in the future absolutely right that is truth and that brings us to the moment of truth in every episode we have a moment of truth where we look at the scripture which informs our discussion we do this to remind ourselves that regardless of what we experience in the world the bible is absolutely relevant and as the guiding word of god a truth we do not have to question Our moment of truth today comes from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, which we often hear quoted. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, but submit to him in every way, and he will make your path straight. Friends, the devil convinces us that we are just fine without God. He flatters us and tells us how great we are. In our self-reliance, we turn away from God. Then the devil tells us that we're on the brink of destruction, And the battle is lost because God has abandoned us. He wants us to be anxious, hopeless, and cynical. Life is much simpler when we submit to God. We agonize over so many questions, concerns, and decisions which God addresses for us in the Bible. It is easier than we make it. We do not have to be anxious, for the battle belongs to the Lord. The devil will twist everything. It is his best tactic. Turn to God, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Christy. Yes. Thoughts. <laughs> you know, we're talking about action, right? And we're warriors. So um, no thoughts today, but uh, kind of a challenge to all of us, including myself, the listeners, is to learn that scripture. And so you mentioned Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Let's, let's learn that. Let's, let's memorize, memorize that. that. You can Friends. test me next week. Okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> Friends, the world can seem complex. I know I make things simpler for myself when I wake up each day and submit to God in prayer. The world can make you feel anxious. I know I'm less anxious when I read my Bible and God reminds me that I am his warrior and the battle is his. Each day, if you ask Jesus, Lord, how may I serve you in your victory over darkness today? He might say, be faithful and obedient. Read your Bible. Face the enemy. Take righteous action. Speak the truth in all things and serve God. For those who feel scared about coronavirus, I understand. For those who watch the stock market drop in recent weeks and feel overwhelmed, I get it. For those on the front lines of truth who watch the devil's lies repeated by the media day in and day out, I get that too. But I will not accept what the devil says. I reject it in its entirety. I will not be anxious. I will not be disempowered. The battle is not lost. There is so much good in the world, and good people are struggling. They need our help. I will not turn my back on them. It's not about me. It's about the good that I can do. Focusing on ourselves just makes us, our problems, look bigger. Back up. Think about the big picture. History is full of overwhelming circumstances, and it's also full of heroes. If life were easy, the world wouldn't look like a war zone. And because it looks like a war zone, it's easy to feel anxious. But we are warriors. The context of our faith is war. 
We serve God, and God has said that the battle is His. He is not done, and if God is not done, then I am not done. What remains is what each of us does in our corner of the battlefield, according to our faith, gifts, and experience, to bring light to those in darkness. In whatever corner of the battlefield you find yourself, there you are. Your armor is on your front, so face the enemy and fight. I always like to leave you the quote, and today Teddy Roosevelt is speaking to me. He said, in any moment of decision, the best thing you can do is the right thing, the next best thing is the wrong thing, and the worst thing you can do is nothing. If you would like to know more from the military perspective about spiritual warfare, please read my book, Right Makes Might, 40 Days to Courageous Christianity. It's available on Kindle at Amazon and in paperback at Right Makes Might, should you want to get a hold of me. I can be contacted at rich at courageouschristianity.com. Friends, thank you for joining Christy and me today. We know it, your time is valuable and we're grateful. I'm Richard Mandelow and you've been listening to Courageous Christianity. God bless and semper fi.